Freestyle Travel. Hey, everybody. This is the Freestyle Travel Show. I'm your host, Kenny Flannery. In this episode, I'm interviewing Christian Cronin, my friend, uh, here in Biloxi, Mississippi. Christian picked me up hitchhiking uh, a couple years ago. Actually, we, we get into the story right away as we start talking. But uh, basically, I was hitchhiking from, I think, Texas, more or less. I had just been in Austin for a while, uh, kicking around with a friend on a whim. Uh, this was in the middle of doing the whole bivy pack thing that I'm in the mix of now, the first time around for Kickstarter. And the guy I was working with then was like on again, off again at work and doing stuff. So I had to kept, I kept on having to leave and stuff. So I was in Florida and anyways, I'm sitting in this coffee shop and I get a message from a friend up in New York and he's just like, Hey, uh, I've had some family stuff happen, yada, yada. And I just want to get away. I want to go to a playoff game. I want to go to Texas, see a Spurs game. Uh, how close are you to Texas? And I'm like, I don't know, not, not too far, like a thousand miles or something. Um, <laughs> you know, which it's all relative. How far are you? I don't know. Uh, so he's like, if you can get there, you're the only crazy bastard I know <laughs> like who would join me. But he told me, he's like, if you can get to Texas, like I got the ticket I got the hotel room, I got beers, you know, the whole shebang, like let's go do it up. So I was like, uh, that's an easy sell. I'm in, I'm in. So drinking a beer right now. Um, so crowd control beer in Mississippi is not good, but it's at the, the beginning of being awesome. I can feel it. The laws just changed here. It's a whole nother tangent. You can only legally serve beer at a brewery since last July. Something like that. It's nuts. But anyways, back to this, this friend is like, yeah, join me. So I hitchhiked on over. I think it took two, three days from Florida, Destin, Florida, the coast. Student some writing, got there and hung out. Watched the game. Almost got arrested once, got pulled over, talked the cop out of it. Uh, almost convinced these people at a strip club that we were cops and trying to bust them for trying to sell us drugs. That was a whole <laughs> whole thing. We played it off. Anyway, this is just a crazy good freaking time. And anyways, um, heading back to Florida, eventually to Georgia to make these bivy packs. And uh, yeah, this guy, Christian, picks me up. Uh, and we get into that story. Uh, but I ended up uh, staying with him for probably about a week or something. And uh, we've been in touch. I've s- seen him since then a couple times. And that's kind of why I'm here now is because uh, obviously the whole point of me heading east that time was to go make these bivy packs. And he was interested in that. And it's kind of come around again where I wanted to make them uh, again. I mean, I wanted to do an upgrade. And he's like, well, if you're going to do an upgrade and make make a new one. Why not do another Kickstarter? So I'm like, yeah, that's a good point. And, you know, maybe trying to get a little bit bigger with it. So it's like, yeah, all right, I'll come your way and uh, hang out. And yeah, that's why I'm here now. So uh, I mean, the reason I stayed with him in the first place is because in that initial ride, when he picked me up, uh, he had a lot of really cool stories. And we'll, we'll dive into it. This is the longest podcast I've had so far. Because uh, I really wanted to dive into his story. And I'm actually going to do a second parter to this one as well. Uh, so he gets into stories about... Um, I mean, we, we went all the way back to middle school with him. but And then high school and then going to this alternative school. And 
uh, ended up on the streets in Kansas City, but having a really good time and uh, training to be a Navy SEAL until his leg got screwed up and then uh, eventually getting picked up as a, a model and going to Paris and foregoing his uh, like housing allowance to live on the streets and then stay in Napoleon's old palace, like just on the sly, like sneaking in. Cool, crazy stories. So it was, it was really good to dive in. Um, yeah, just word of the wise, his, his kids are here too. He's got a, a son and a daughter, uh, pretty young. So you kind of hear them in the background. I made a few edits just because uh, they're making some noise or, you know, had to do some stuff, you know, normal kid stuff. But I think I made the edits pretty well, so it shouldn't be too much of an interruption. But you might hear towards the end we get, I don't know, you can kind of tell that there's a couple kids in the room and we're wrapping it up a little bit. That's why I figured we'd make a second one because it was going pretty long too. I don't know. depends on your perspective what long is. But like I said, it's the longest podcast I've done so far, which I don't mind. I kind of like it. When there's a good story, I don't care if I do a, a three-hour podcast. If people want to listen, they can. So, pretty cool. So, yeah, it's a big setup for what you're about to hear. Uh, meanwhile, the last episode I did was a week ago, and I haven't moved too much. I'm still in Biloxi, but I've made a ton of progress. Uh, I'll probably dedicate a whole episode to this bivy pack situation uh, that I'm doing, because it's pretty freaking cool, and it takes a lot to get me to stay in one place for more than a week or two and i've been here for more than two weeks uh yeah quite a bit so uh, yeah, i'll definitely dive into that uh, we spent all day today doing a kickstarter video just taking photos taking videos in the park and going around to different hiking trails and stuff getting ready so but yeah like i said i'll, I'll dedicate a whole episode to that because i know some people are chomping at the bit to hear about it and i'm freaking excited about it crazy excited like i'm actually i'm sitting at this desk with the sewing machine my microphone's on my sewing machine i'm looking at my baby pack over here <laughs> i got a couple things i already want to do tonight um yeah i'm gonna put the ch chest strap on and other geeky stuff whatever it's gonna be fun so yeah that's it uh i'll get into that so without further ado let me introduce to you Christian. This beer, this beer smells like weed. <laughs> Cheers. Welcome to the podcast. Cheers. That's how we do it. Beauty. This is Christian. Christian picked me up hitchhiking two years ago. Two years, eh? Two years. Yep. A little camper. Kind of thing. <laughs> yeah, it looked like a spaceship. <laughs> yeah. How long did you have that thing for? Volkswagen Rialta. Oh. I had it for, hmm, I'm going to guess six months. Okay. Bought it for 14, sold it for 17.5. Jeez. Did you ever sleep in it though? We took a trip all the way to, well, we took a big trip. Yeah. We took a month long trip, Damn. full month. Which isn't that big, but with two kids and the wife, it was pretty big. Yeah. And a van-sized camper. So. Yeah. All squished in there pretty good. Yeah, yeah. But, but we went to Michigan. Oh, wait. We did Kentucky, Michigan, Indiana. I think we went to... What is that place? You said Kentucky already? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It started, I think it was Missouri. 
Uh, okay. Like St. Louis, the Big Arch. We didn't go to the Big Arch. We went to like the far east side. Oh, it was a shithole. I mean, we're talking middle of the desert. <laughs> oh, damn. It was horrible. Like, we pulled in. I'm like, dude, this is like, uh, it just looked like some, I don't know. <laughs> it looked like Something it looked like a bunch of drug addicts, like, and, and halfway yeah. falling down uh, one of those trailer parks. And, like, sounds about right. Nobody can live here. And people are walking out the door, like, this is my house. <laughs> yeah, I live here. And, yeah, that was like two years ago. I was kind of in the mix of the same thing, doing the bivy pack thing. In between stuff, you were doing your tattooing machine shop. Thing. Machine, you met me on my way to creating and inventing a new style tattoo machine, yes. Yeah, so that's kind of what happened. You were going, I was going to Florida, and you were like, was if you come Florida? to these shops with me, I'll give you a ride to the other side of Mobile. And I was like, cool. And then by the time you're done with the shops, you're like, oh, you can come back and like chill with my family and come back a couple years later and build a bunch of backpacks, <laughs> as yeah. it turned out. Yeah. So the story goes. That's the that's the. Uh, oh, what's that called? Whenever you got parental solicit lyrics or whatever, what's it called when explicit they explicit lyrics? Yeah, explicit lyrics. What's it called when they make the Walmart version? Oh, uh, <laughs> the edited version. Yeah, yeah, that was the edited version of our. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so you started to tell me then, and now we've been putting it off to save it for now. But mm-hmm. like your original travels in France and everything. oh man. Why don't you start from the beginning, if there is one. There I was, on the way down through my mom's fallopian tubes. Hmm. My weird family. (laughs) Popped my little head out. And I've been wiggling around ever since. (laughs) Now, um, uh, well, I could do like a really quick summed up version. So, uh, seven years old, my, my six years old, my mom got a divorce. She got remarried. And we moved to Connecticut. Lived in Connecticut for a year, got a divorce, had an issue there. We moved to Florida, lived with my grandma for a year. Had an, My mom got remarried. We moved back to Rhode Island, lived there for three years. Damn. Yeah. It's quick, though. I run yeah. through it. It's very much the edited version. Yeah. <laughs> um, lived in uh, Rhode Island for three years. Moved to South Dakota. I was in sixth grade. Lived in South Dakota. In the middle of the country. For, from sixth grade to graduation. But during that time, I got put into an alternative school, which was actually one of the better things that happened to me in life. Yeah. Um, I didn't really have to go to school. It was weird. I can't explain it. I went to school. I, I would go to school with this old lady named Cheryl would drive me to school yeah. in a red Suburban. She would pick me up at my house. I spent two hours to two and a half hours on the bus to school. I also what spent, was it? Were there classes? Was there math? Class? Yeah, it's beautiful. So we did these we did these worksheets, which were basically a binder, uh, one of those one inch, one and a half inch, like this big, one inch, right? Binder. Yeah. And we and one of those would be a whole class. That would be like th- two credits or four credits of math. Oh damn! And you could do it in your own time. So the point of that is, I could do them at school. At any rate, in the end, I would go to school with Shirley. Yeah. Shirley was a seven year old lady that I liked. Yeah. She loved cars. Gotcha. <laughs> yeah, makes sense. <laughs> I love cars now. Yeah. Shirley is the reason. Without Shirley, I probably wouldn't give a rat's ass about cars. Which, you know, I, I love cars. Yeah. Oh, um, but I would ride to school with her in the mornings, excited, ready to talk. We would talk the whole time. I sat up front with her in a suburban. Yep. 
and I would get to school and I would go to sleep. I would go <laughs> underneath this table and be like, hey, Jay, which is a teacher. Hey, yeah. dude, hey, the, say hello to the three teachers that work there. Yeah, just pass and, it And then I would go underneath the table, pull my big coat over me like a blanket <laughs> over my head, and I would pass out until lunchtime. And this is the beauty. So I'd pass out until I'd get there at 9. I'd go to sleep from 9 to 12. I'd wake up. It's lunchtime, Christian. We'd go out and eat. And 9 times out of 10, legitimately 9 times out of 10, if not 9.5 times out of 10. Yeah. If not nine and a half times out of ten, we would uh, not go back to class. Oh. We would go from lunch to gym class, which would last two or th- two th- two hours to sometimes in the school, which was like three thirty. Or How long were you in the school for? I was in the school from uh, it's freshman. Then what's next? Sophomore. Yeah. Halfway through sophomore or third into sophomore year. Okay. To so graduation. Yeah. Fifteen, sixteen, kind of shit. Yeah. Yeah. When I went there, I was, uh, they told my parents, I was ADHD, I hyperactive, had issues and that thing. Again, I don't want to get too far off because I don't, yeah. this doesn't really matter to the story, but it's just kind of a fun yeah, little, a fun little runoff. But, uh, basically, I had never done anything bad. Like, I went to the school, I never drank, I never smoked some weed, I've never done anything. Yeah. I left the school, I'd done so much shit. <laughs> like, I mean, that goes. It was crazy. Yeah. <laughs> You'd walk in the bathroom and there'd be people snorting riddling off the, the hair dryer, oh, the yeah. hand dryer. I went to like, like a boarding school for, I went to a bunch of weird schools, but one was a boarding school and I didn't mess around with too many drugs, but when I went there, it was also it was like cough syrup, drinking Robitussin. Cough syrup's good. Seeding. In large amounts. Yeah. Well, until the next morning. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, crap. I did a oh, cough syrup. I was in the military. You know this, right? A little bit. I did military training. I did Navy Was SEALs. Was this after high school? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Didn't yeah. do Navy training. But, so I left, okay. So I'm in this school and... A friend of mine graduates a year earlier than me. Her name was Kim Browning. She was in this church, but it was like, it was like the cool church. It was kind of cool. It wasn't like a bunch of losers. It was like kind of the off kids. It was kind of like the reject right. school. Like okay. there was in the parking lot, you were smoking cigarettes and talking about the party you're gonna go get fucked up at while you praise jesus that night you know like yeah jesus was good tonight where are we going to get (laughs) toke up yeah and uh right she moved to and she was actually pretty straight edge but she moved to kansas city and she came home i remember about a month into my senior year and i had literally been sleeping for the last two years in class and not really doing anything and i'm like I'm leaving, Mom. I'm going to Kansas City with Kim. Damn. And my mom's like, but school. I'm like, I'll bring it with me. This is coming from South Dakota. Yeah. yeah. I'm like, I'll bring school with me. Yeah. The, I went to the school. I'm like, I'm going to bring this stuff with me and get it done in Kansas City. They're like, cool, whatever. I don't care. I brought it to Kansas City with me. It got locked up in an in a apartment I was staying in the first two weeks I was there. And I got it back Four days before I left. <laughs> I didn't do any of that schoolwork. I didn't touch a pen to paper. It didn't matter? No, no. I ended up going back and finishing. But while in Kansas City, I was I was preaching at this church, and then my that house got taken from me where I was staying, and I didn't tell anyone. I found a, a street partner. His name was Elijah Page. Told me about him. Yeah, and we just stayed on the streets for like four months. Loving it. Having fun. Just running around partying meeting girls i think i had a 
a fake ID. I mean, we just had fun. Were you tripping around a little bit or just in one spot? All over in Kansas City. But yeah. we had a main spot under the double, double tree right downtown. Yeah. In this little bush area, we had a tent. You set up a tarp or a tent? Tent. Yeah. And I had a, my street partner, like I said. And he was, it wasn't like a part-time street partner. It was pretty full-time. Yeah. We didn't leave each other much. But yeah, we'd go around. We'd go down this rich district and bum money, like... Did you make a sign or just ask people? Just walk, run around hustling, yeah. Yeah. To the point where, I mean, if we wanted to go to a movie, which the movie was kind of expensive, let's say the movie was 30 bucks, we could go down to this rich district and within five or 10 minutes have ourselves 30 or 40 bucks to go to the movie. Really? Yeah. Just walking up to people? Or? Oh, I have this amazing gift. It's called my mouth. Yeah. I'm really good with it. <laughs> and, and you can imagine, I look like I'm 16, so I look like this this street kid. Yeah. And so everyone felt probably felt bad for me. Did you have a sob story? Or no. Better? Oh, no, I've never done sob story. Yeah. I actually, whenever... Like we're trying to go... Movies, I, I, can I get no, up? just always a positive story. Like, yeah. oh, I'm just having fun, man. <laughs> I'm loving life out here. <laughs> yeah. Need a little cash, though. Yeah. And uh, But no, never a sob story. Actually, I, I really... Uh, I don't like people that pull sob stories. I think they're kind of a crock. Yeah, and you never know. Yeah, no. You never, I don't ever know what to believe when it comes to a sob story. Yeah. Is that classic sign like, need money for beer? <laughs> yeah. No, I, I, I probably would have done need money for weed at the point, at that point in life, but I liked beer as well at that point. Yeah. But I ended up going back to South Dakota. Yeah. And... The school told me I had two and a half years of school that I hadn't done. It was like I literally had done nothing since I got into the school. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> a little backlog there. Oh, horrible. They, they, they told my mom it was just going to be this awesome program that was going to be one-on-one -on -one and help me. It was a total alternative school. <laughs> They're just letting you sleep and no, screw up. The, not, I'd say 95% of the kids at this school, 95% yeah. were ward of state. I'm talking they didn't have parents. Oh. They were in group homes. Their parents like had left them or whatever. Orphans? Is that the same thing? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And out of the 95% of them, I'd say 80% or maybe even, yeah, 80% were Native American, South Dakota Native Americans. Oh. The parents were like drunks and... and they all wound up in this yeah. alternative school. Mm -hmm. So did you end up graduating? Or? So they tell me, there's no way you can graduate. You've It's December... You graduate in what is it? May April, or May, April, May, June. Yeah. And they're like, there, you can't graduate. There's no way. And I'm like, so all I got to do is these stupid books, right? Yeah. At that time, it was like I needed to do 34 books or something, you know. And okay. I'm like, I can knock these books out. I can do one of these books in three to five days. And they're like, no, you can't. I'm like. Give me the books. And my mom said, you will give him the books. You <laughs> promised me this was going to be a good program. She's a teacher. Yeah. And she's like, no, you'll give him the books. And you'll either, he's going to try. And if he fails, he fails. But you're going to give him the books. Right. And they did. And I remember they were bitching at me on the way back to that school that day. Your mom is, if it wasn't for your mom, you wouldn't have any education. And I'm just like, I still have to do the work. <laughs> yeah. Give me All she said was, give me the books. I mean, I kind of agree with her. Like, she wasn't asking for anything. She wasn't offered yeah man. anyway we got the books i went home i had a friend help me this girl named lindsey harrison harris yeah. lindsey harris i don't know one of two uh and um i sat there for three months and i did 34 books and i got a 97 average Damn. and they said this was 
this is bullshit. He didn't do all this. Blah blah blah. It was yeah. all in my handwriting. Like what I just wrote down what people told me to write down. Like that would yeah. take almost just as much time. Yeah. But they gave you a diploma. No, no. They made me. They they didn't believe me. So they made me take these tests <laughs> by myself in a room yeah. with them watching me. Jeez. I got like a 98.9. They were so pissed off. Like, yeah. he's really smart and he knows all this stuff. And yeah. I'm like, I know it because I did all of this in the last three months. Yeah, like, yeah. So if yeah. nothing else, you got a good memory. Yeah, at least for three months worth. I couldn't yeah. tell you what any of those books said at the moment. But. Yeah, yeah, that's how a lot of people get through school. Yeah. more yeah. memorization than learning. Yeah, my wife got through school that way. But so I graduate high school. Uh, my parents gave me a 64 Impala for graduation. Sweet. Doesn't matter to the story, but kind of a cool first car. <laughs> yep. So, there I was, rolling in my 64. <laughs> of course. <laughs> Are you and, going on a uh, trip at this point? Did you graduate? Yeah, I graduated. My parents left because my dad went back in the military. He had cancer, and that's why we had moved from Rhode Island to South Dakota. He had got cancer, hmm. and we went there while, it was in, while he was getting fixed, basically. Yeah. And the cancer had been in remission for so long that the military told him, you come back or you lose your retirement. So he went back and they left. They left right after I graduated. So I stayed for like a couple of weeks and was like, fuck that, South yeah. Dakota. I mean, come on. Yeah. There's a lot, but not much there. So I rolled out, came down to Mississippi where my dad was. My dad talked me into the military. My papa. And I left and I ended up going to the military. I had good scores. I ended up being an intelligence specialist Navy SEAL select. Really? Yeah. How did that help? Have I never happen? told you that? You mentioned it a couple <laughs> times, so never dug in. Navy <laughs> SEALs. <laughs> Ooh, yeah. <laughs> yeah it's, hard, it's hard to picture me. But. So there, you didn't even aim for that? They no, I did. Like, I did. Like, oh, okay. So they said, you could do anything you want. Your scores are really high and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, well, what's like the, the highest thing I could do? And they're it's like, cool as shit. <laughs> and they're like, you could be a Navy SEAL if you got what it takes. And I'm like, <laughs> sounds like a challenge. Whatever. I'll do it. Yeah. So I did. And uh, I did military. I did my, my uh, boot camp. And then I did my uh, Navy SEALs training. But while I'm doing the Navy SEALs training, I broke my leg real bad. Oh, damn. Yeah. Like and multiple places. No, no. It, what it was is it was like this. It was uh, it was from running. So basically, my muscles weren't taking the impact of the hit of, uh, of running. Yeah. And so the muscle, the 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 muscles that were supposed to take it were just weren't big enough and weren't prepared for yeah. what was going on. So my muscle basically, my bone basically, from from here to here, what like a six inch, five inch area. Below your knee, yeah. It just crumbled into. Ugh. Is that like more of a fracture so than the, a break? Then? So the x-ray, they did this x-ray, well, they didn't x-ray, they did like the the thing where they scan you, like... I have no idea. Okay. I'll just call cat it an MRI or, or MRI, scan. maybe. I don't know, one of the two. It was one of those two. Yeah. Um, probably MRI. Yeah. At any rate, it literally looked like a spider web. Like, just... Damn. So that was like game over. Yeah, game over. So I was running Military. when I was running, right? Yeah. Uh, I remember the last thing I did, it was a test. And I'm running and I'm like, oh, my leg really hurts, you know? And, yeah. and I'm thinking to myself, it really hurts. <laughs> but I'm keeping up with everybody and I'm, I'm, I'm looking at, there's a big, huge clock that you can yeah, see. Yeah, at that point, I'm, you're just hoping you get through it. Yeah, and because it sucks it's seals. You got to make yeah. it. Yeah. And at this point, 
it didn't like it hurt and it hurt bad and i was recognizing this yeah but it wasn't like i can't explain it it was like a it was like a third thought it wasn't even second thought it was like way back there yeah, yeah. but it was like something's wrong but here I am. I'm making my time. But it's not stopping you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You're accomplishing and what you're doing. So. At, at one point, I realized that, that that back of the head thought started getting more in the middle of my head. And I'm thinking, my leg kind of hurts. Maybe I should look down. And I remember looking down. And every time I stepped on it, it's like, boom, boom. It bends to the oh, side. No. To the <laughs> side. And it's not like at my knee. It's like right here. Uh, it's like, boom, And I'm like. At that moment, it stopped hurting so much. That's probably and, a bad and, sign. <laughs> and what happened was the thought that everything I've just done for the last seven months, yeah, or eight months, nine months, whatever it was, was an absolute waste of my fucking time. And that hurt way more than watching my leg fucking break. Yeah. And, and by the end of it, I'm, I'm, I'm sitting there crying, but you can't let them see you. If they yeah. see you crying, they'll pull you out of the test. Yeah, yeah. And I just want to make finish? it. Did you I just, finish the test? I did. Okay. I'm wobble. Yeah. I'm hobbling. I'm stepping on the, my toes, yeah. like trying to get there. Uh-huh. And I made the time. I I did it. Yeah. Like 14 seconds to spare or something. <laughs> like, yeah, felt like Rocky or something. Your last sense of accomplishment in the military. <laughs> it's horrible. <laughs> oh, it gets it gets better. So after that, I have to walk around and I have to stand at attention. And I was standing at attention, and the guy's like, all right, go. And then you had to, like, go line up in the middle. Yeah. And everybody goes running off and lines up. And I take about two steps. Yeah. And I stop. <laughs> <laughs> and I just stand there at attention, like, I'm just going to play it off. I'm just a lone dude over here. So if he doesn't notice me. <laughs> and they're like, the hell are you doing, Cronin? <laughs> line up. And I'm like. <laughs> didn't say a word just still standing there at attention and he says line up go move so i i did i tried i took about two steps and legitimately fell over on the ground jeez oh, that was the end mm-hmm. no it wasn't they put me in this thing called an icu uh unit so it was an intensive care unit yeah and i actually healed everything they gave me these crazy calcium pills and I formed this huge lump of calcium. I looked into this later on. Horrible thing, like calcium pills. Yeah. The um, what they were doing was horrible for the body. It could really fuck you up, actually. Excuse me, but hmm. well, it almost kill you because it can form calcium deposits in you and basically form a blood clot and kill you in your yeah. heart. Yeah. And they were pumping me with it. <laughs> At any rate, three months later, my legs healed, ready to go, and they like you're you're going back. Into training, they waited for another couple weeks and put Did me you back like, in. Feel good? Were you like, yeah, I'm going great. back in? Yeah, I was excited. Yeah. All right, cool. I go back in two days into it, my leg broke again. The same, same leg, thing. same place, same exact oh, thing. Shit, so then, so that, after that, I got, I, I got out. I was getting yeah. med board. Where was out. it? Uh, that, like, where was the training? Uh, boot camp is in Chicago. Chicago. My inte- yeah, my intelligence specialist training was in Virginia. And then SEALs training is in Coronado, California. Oh, it's a good place to be. Hmm. Hmm. Not there. So what'd you do after you got healed up? Oh, uh, I, well, I ended up being, uh, I didn't, I didn't, uh, they basically told me I'll never heal up. So I still am not completely healed. If I try to do anything again, I'll still break again. Ah, shit. 
So I'm like, I, I'm like, I'm what I call a fake cripple. Like you would never know I'm crippled, but if I tried to do anything too crazy, I would probably break pretty quickly. Hmm. Could walk. I just have to walk different. Yeah. The dumber I walk, the longer I can do it. I got you. It's like a very particular dance <laughs> on my toe on my right leg. Yeah. So like, is a mile? Will that get to you? No. 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 But if I walked a mile every day for a month, I'd probably have some major issues, depending on how I walk. Hmm. If I walk heavy, like heavy on the heel, yeah, I'd probably have issues within two or three days. So how old were you at this point when you're done with that? Done with it. Nineteen. And then where do you go? So I go into a Volkswagen van. You just bought one, found one. I bought a Volkswagen van in California. Uh, no, I'm in Virginia at the time because I was kind of, uh, yeah. they sent me to Virginia. I'm working for the military there. Yeah. And I got this Volkswagen van and I got out of the military. And my last day I had this peace sign shirt that was made out of sunflowers. <laughs> and I'm like, <laughs> they're like, Christian's last day. And I like stood up and made some speech like, <laughs> if if you're, I don't remember what, it, I can't remember at all, but it was like, if you're not doing anything, you're not going anywhere, and I'm out of here! Like, busted out my yeah, the sunflower peace shirt, like, like fucking peaceful Superman. Oh, yeah. Hmm. And, uh, so I, so I did. I moved into my Volkswagen van, and I lived in it for about a year and a half. Yeah. Maybe a little less. Hippie festivals, lots of mushrooms. Lots a year of, and a half? Mm-hmm. Just kicking around. Kicking around. Yeah. A lot of time with my friend Tim Almeida. Yeah. And I lived in his backyard for a while after I lost the fam. But I lived in his. I lived all over Tim's compound. Yeah. <laughs> but um, where was that? Virginia. Virginia. Kind of home base. Yeah. Up and down the East Coast. And uh, at one point, my van got stolen from me from a friend who stole my title and like legitimately stole it to the point where it was so legitimate that I like called the police. I know where yeah. my van is. This guy stole my 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 uh, my uh, papers and stuff for the van out of my book bag and put it in his name. He has my title and he put my title in his name. He, he signed my name to my title and took the car. And they literally said, "Oh, there's nothing we can do." Really? You'll have to take him to court. I guess so. Like, how are they going to prove it? Yeah. Oh, that sucks. Yeah. How are you going to prove it? Oh, my Did you? Did you ever? Or you just, no, like, I screwed didn't. on that deal? I just said, I just, I had this strong faith at the time, and still do, that if I would stay positive through any situation, that awesomeness would wait me on the other side. And yeah. It's, and it's always proven true. It tends to be like that. And so I'm sitting there and this guy, I'm living in my friend's backyard, weird case of circumstances. I have no, absolutely no fucking clue how any of these things led to one another. Yeah. But all I know is I'm living in my friend's backyard. (coughs) I have no car anymore. My friend's flustered because he didn't really want me there, which is why I'm in his backyard, not in his house. So he doesn't really care. I'm literally living in his backyard. Yeah. But still it's in his head. Yeah. And then I end up squatting in a house down the street just to get out of his hair. Yeah. And this fucking guy, I don't know how he heard of me, but I literally get this phone call or something. And this guy's like, hey, uh, I heard you're great looking. We're, 
I'm I'm straight guy. I'm I'm starting this clothing company in downtown, and we are doing this big fashion show thing that we're putting on, and we need models. And um and oh, my little daughter just walked in. Hey, Christ. Hey. You gotta be quiet if you're gonna be in here, okay? Okay. Hey guys. Hey, we can't talk in here, okay? I'm talking on the podcast. We're doing something, okay? No talk. Alright. Yeah, so he calls So me. he calls me and he's telling me all this weird stuff. Like, so it's this straight dude who's who's starting this show and he wants me for a fashion show and I'm like, look, man, I'm about to go back on the road and hitchhike and go to some shows. I'm ready to get out of town. Uh, yeah. Things aren't exactly <laughs> going my way right now. Yeah. And I'm trying to stay positive. But <laughs> yeah. whatever. And he's like Come live with me. I'm like, seriously? He's like, yeah, the show's not for three months, and I want you here for it. He lives nearby? Yeah, Where is lives he right down the street, oh. Virginia Beach. And I'm living yeah. in Norfolk. Yeah. I'm living in a, in a ghetto on the beach called... Uh, so he says... Can't think of it, but... He says, like, come stay in an extra room. Come whatever. stay in my house, yeah, yeah. Extra room. Come on. And you're like... Fuck, yeah. All right. Like, it's awesome. It was like a $900 a month apartment in 2001. Man. I'm talking a nice apartment. Yeah. And um, and he had a good story. It all sounded legit. Yeah, and it was legit. It yeah. panned out. So I go to the show though, and he's like, "There's gonna be this guy there, and his name's George Cardis, and he is going to want you. I know he's gonna pick you up and try to give turn you into a model." And I'm like, "All right, whatever." Huh. And I had a few circumstances here and there where people kind of said, "And he's an agent or something." He is a I mean, ex photographer who okay. went to Paris. In the 80s or something. Yeah. And was kind of a photographer for a few years and then came home and became like, he does mostly weddings and like normal photography stuff. But okay. he used to be this fashion photographer and he still picks up the a model here and there. But now he's saying this guy George Curtis in Paris is going to And that's the guy that, up right away. that went to Paris and was a photographer and yeah. is going to try to, he's basically going to try to get you to an agent. Okay. Not gonna be your agent. He's gonna be. Yeah. It's called a mother agent. Basically, he's the guy who discovered you. He basically gets a little percentage off you. of everything that happens. Wait, George Curtis is a guy in Virginia Beach. Yeah. Okay. okay. I meet George, and he is extremely, in my opinion, I'm sure George would disagree with me on this, and but in my opinion, he was very flamboyantly gay. <laughs> <laughs> he wasn't openly gay. He just. Seemed... Oh, he was extremely openly gay. Oh, but he would. <laughs> I'll get to that. <laughs> he wouldn't say that he's flamboyant. I don't think he'd say. This he was is the guy who introduced himself as a I'm a straight guy. No, uh. Ben introduced himself as a straight guy. Okay. He's the one running the show, and he's telling me that this gay dude is going to be at the show and want to pick me up. And I'm uh, like, whatever, yeah, whatever. Yeah. I've had a few people tell me I might be a model in my li one day. You know, yeah. if it happens, it's cool. Yeah, but now he's talking and he's got some weight behind it because he's yeah. got stories and yeah. connections. And so I go to this show and I... There's kids in the room. There's kids in the room, guys. <laughs> uh, and I, I go down to um, to the show and this guy is like... And he uses these words. I remember the exact words. He says... Oh, you look so fabulous and blah, blah, blah. And I want to take your pictures and I'm going to take you to Paris. Okay. And just a quick backstory. The guy who stole my Volkswagen van. Yeah. Also happened to be a gay guy, which yeah. I was friendly. I was friends with yeah. because I have no problems with people being whatever they are. Yeah. But this dude got like weird and stole my van, like jealous. Yeah. 
And I've never presented myself as ever being interested in a guy. Yeah. So it was, it was like. Chilling out the kids real quick. <laughs> and so he, he, he got all jealous and he told, stole my van. So this guy's like, I'm taking you to Paris. And I remember thinking in my head, in that very moment, like, the fuck you are. <laughs> like, there's no <laughs> yeah. fucking way. Yeah. I'm getting on a plane with a guy paying my way to Paris. I just had this guy expect something and he gave me practically nothing. This guy's gonna buy me a ticket to Paris. Yeah. He's gonna expect something. There's no way I'm going yeah, with something him. behind this, maybe. Yeah. Like. So he gives me his phone number, and I, I I can basically remember like taking the phone and be like, "Thanks, man." Like crumple it up, <laughs> throw it behind my back, and walk away. Yeah. Appreciate it, bro. I'll call you later. Yeah. And uh, about. Hey guys. Hey. No talking, boys and girls. None. And so, uh, yeah, so I turned around and I walked away. Three months later, same guy at Panera Bread. Still remember it, but try hard enough. In Virginia. In Virginia. And he runs up to my table. Why haven't you called me? Where have you been staying these last three months? Half of it with Ben and half of it with a new girlfriend, Elizabeth. Gotcha. And, um. So you see him at Panera? <laughs> see him at Panera Bread. Yeah. And he comes running up. Why haven't you called me? And he sits down at my table. I'm eating. And he's like, I'm like, I got two versions. I can tell you the real one or I can have, I have a really cool spiced up version that make, make you feel good about yourself. <laughs> he's like, I can take the truth. And I'm like, well, you said I'm going to take you to Paris. And I'm sorry, but I'm not going with some gay dude to Paris. Like... You, you know, you're just going to try to fuck me in my butt. <laughs> like, I don't want to go to Paris. I'm not trying to get yeah. some dude <laughs> like, thinking he's getting some from me. Yeah. <laughs> and I remember his reaction was something along the lines of, oh, no, I didn't say that. That would be nice. But I didn't say I'm going to go with you. I can't go with you, silly. And I'm like, what? You're not going with me? Didn't mention that. Oh, it's a whole other world. And he's like, no, I need you to come to my house. I need to take some pictures of you. I'm going to send those to Paris. You're going to get on a plane and you're going to go to Paris and you're going to be a model. And I'm like, when do you want me to come over? <laughs> yeah, let's get it going. So uh, about uh, two weeks later, I went to his house, maybe even a week. Got naked, took it in the butt a little bit, took a couple photos, and... My butt came out hurting horribly, but... <laughs> no, no. He did take some odd pictures. I had to get down in my boxer shorts. I don't even think I had boxer shorts, so I think he may have gave me some. So I get in these, like, yeah. underwears. He takes pictures of me. At this point, I am thinking, like, this is a crock of shit. <laughs> yeah. You know, this guy just... Was it legit? Me was my... it, like, a real studio, or did he just have, like, a camera phone? It was <laughs> basically, like, like, a dude with his camera. <laughs> and I'm, like, on his bed with messed up sheets, like... <laughs> Posing up for him, like, this is such a crap. If he gets close, if he gets within three feet, I'm backing away. Yeah. And, uh, but it went smooth. Yeah. He just took pictures. He never got close to me, never was weirdo. Yeah. To the to full extent of weirdoness. I mean, it was pretty yeah. weird. Yeah. But, uh, two days later, three days later, he calls me. Geraldine is going to be your agent in Paris, and they want you to be there as soon as possible. When can you get on a plane? I said, whenever you put me on it. Yeah. Good to and go. he said, well, all you need to do is get your passport. I said, no. 
And he was like, what do you mean no? I said, all you need to do is get me my passport. I'm like, I don't think you know who you're talking to. Like, I'm a bum, bro. I'm a, I'm a, I don't have no money. I don't want no money. Yeah. If I want money, I'll go, I'll go figure out how to get it. But I'm going to be spending it 30 minutes after that. I'm not getting the next week's worth of money. That's just not how I rolled at that point, you know? Yeah. And he said, okay. And he bought me my passport <laughs> and expedite shipping it. And it was there in like Sweet. two weeks. Oh. In three weeks, I was on a plane to Paris with $5 in my hand, Yeah, a pair of galoshes. Do you remember those? Leather galoshes. They were like clogs, kind of? They were clogs. They were clogs. I called them galoshes because that's what they reminded me of, but they were clogs. I haven't heard that word since the 90s, but that's what they were. So you just had a backpack, had five a bucks? Backpack, some like you have a tent baggy pants. No, nothing. $5 in my pocket, a pair of clogs, one pair of baggy pants, yeah. jeans, Two t-shirts and a, and a half-assed sweatshirt. Damn. And I got on a plane to Paris with $5 in my pocket. Someone meet you at the airport? They did, that? luckily. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's kind of Make some moves. And I walked past, I, I, walk, I got to, to Paris and I walked past uh, customs like they didn't exist. Like they were inspecting all these people. Yeah. <laughs> and I just kind of like did some look arounds and just walked right past them into Paris. Yeah. yeah. No no passport stamp. Nothing <laughs> even looked at. Yeah. Walked into Paris. Was that a problem when you left? Or? No. Paris didn't care at that time. Yeah. I don't know if they do now, but they were pretty slack. Yeah. London was a little harder. Hmm. But uh, yeah, I walked in. There was some guy standing there with a sign. And I got in the car and they drove me to the to the agency next models which is a huge modeling agency yeah deals with huge models they set you up with a place to stay they or? had me a place to stay 50 dollars, which is nothing but 50 bucks there you go yeah a place to stay here's a key and the driver will take you back there and i'm like don't need the driver give him 50 bucks give him <laughs> my address the driver had, had shown it to me on the way there he's like okay. this is going to be your place go in and put your stuff i went and put my stuff came back down went to the agency how far was it in the agency? Um, walking, yeah, maybe two or three miles. Oh, okay, all in yeah. Paris. Paris yeah. is a big circle, basically. Well, Paris uh, is pretty big, so yeah, it'd be two or I'm three up miles here. away. I'm up here. Sweet. And it's like right here in the north. Yeah, closer to the in the middle. It's like right across the street from the Louvre. Right across and the down a little. Agency is or what yeah, you're saying. Agency is, yeah. and I was staying like right on the street, just a little down from the from the Moulin Rouge show. So I was what? in Barbès Rochechard by Sectecure. Stayed there for three and a half years. Je vous, je vous parle français. You had that spot for three and a half years. Oh bon oui. Uh, no, I got rid of. I got rid of the apartment. There's a good reason. Yeah. So the apartment cost me eight hundred dollars a month. They were charging you for it. Yeah, I ah. paid. I paid for it. It's not so much they're charging me as much as I. Did they take it out of your pay? Or yes. Did they pay you and yes. then you paid for they, it? They took it out of my pay. Okay, I got you. So I was modeling. I was doing good. I stayed in that house for three months right i met a girlfriend there she said i could move into her house so i got out of that place and said look give me my allowance that you're paying for this place yeah to me i want the money i want the place yeah so they're giving me 250 now a week oh damn yeah extra sweet 250 a week instead of 50 a week so it's I'm like, awesome. hell yeah! This now is this is whatever your this is cool. Is. The mo that's how they gave me my modeling pay. Okay. Instead of just saying, oh, you made five grand this week. Yeah. Here's five grand because next week I might have made nothing. Total, I made about forty five thousand dollars in three and a half years. You had some five grand weeks though. I had weeks. a seventeen thousand dollar 
30 minute. What was that? <laughs> uh, it was, I shot for Lagerfeld, Mr. Carl Lagerfeld, who happens to be an extremely rich billionaire in Europe, one of the top 10 richest people, I believe, in Europe. Has he got a shirt company? Or? Um, he was the head designer of Chanel and Fendi. He was yeah. best, one of the best friends of Coco Chanel. He was an older gentleman, probably in his 70s. Um, but we're talking a multi-billionaire from birth. And so what was the 30 minutes? What, what were you? Uh, I went up and shot for his thing. Some clothes I, or I, So I say 30 minutes. I got to his house, which is a mansion in Paris. Yeah. A mansion in Paris. In Paris. It's hard to do. That's <laughs> pretty impressive to begin with. Yeah. Then we get, I get in this limo van, which, oh, it's just a limo van. It was one of the coolest cars I've ever been in. Yeah. Like, I've been in a bunch of limos. This van was the coolest shit ever. <laughs> like, TVs all over. Damn. Big TVs. Like, 50-inch TV on the wall. Holy and crap. Yeah, just cool. Like, leather. Party van. Yeah. <laughs> it's so cool. And so, I'm like, where are we going? And they're like, we're going to the airport. And I'm like, holy shit. I have... I have 13 grams of some killer weed in my pocket. <laughs> yeah. We're going to the airport, and they're like, private jet. Sweet. I get there. I later find out I'm riding in the same jet that is Air Force One for Paris. Oh, so really? it's it's their president. Whatever, whatever. No. That just happens to be what kind of jet the guy owns. He owns oh, the same gotcha. jet. Yeah, yeah, same. As model. the pre- they use for the president of France <laughs> yeah. as their Air Force One. Sweet. <laughs> and, and I'm sitting there, and I'm like, is it just you? So, and like, there's a few other people, but but I'm like, so can I like smoke a cigarette in here? And they're like, yeah. I'm like, serious, I can smoke a cigarette in here. And that's how I asked. Can yeah. I smoke a cigarette in here? And they're like, yeah. And I'm like, cool. Has anybody got one? And they give me the cigarette. I lick it right down the little line, yeah. bust it open, <laughs> and roll a big old fat spliff. And everyone on that fucking plane is watching me. And I'm just like, uh. Yep. At 25,000 feet, Christian Cronin <laughs> decided to light up. <laughs> I lit up this big old bomb, dude. Did anyone, like, enjoy no. with you? Or they oh, just, yeah. Like, but right. no, every, like, I'd say there was 15 people in that fucking plane. Yeah. 14 of them were staring at me in amazement like this <laughs> cocky motherfucker. <laughs> and I'm thinking, I'm, at the time, I'm homeless. I, yeah. I'd moved out because my girlfriend told me I could move in. Yeah. But, a month later, she tells me, yeah, I'll find a place to stay. I didn't. I stayed homeless, I, which is great stories, I'll tell you in a moment. But yeah. so, but this story is, I'm on this plane, we get there, I, I get a, a limo ride and a, and a limo Hummer uh, to his compound, which is called a Vista. I later found out a Vista is not a house. It is a, it is a compound encompassing houses, parks. This, pers- this, this particular Vista was in Berries, France. Which is an extremely rich part of France. There's a bunch of houses, like pool houses. It had big three house. mansions. Damn. The largest personally owned swimming pool happened to be right outside my door because I chose this one mansion. <laughs> Carl was up in this big ass mansion that was his. Yeah. I'm down in this other mansion, and I remember they're, they're walking me through, giving me like the little tour. And Carl was actually doing it himself, and he's like, <laughs> "Oh yes," and it's it's a uh, it's Monday, right? It's on a Monday, and yeah. he's like, "Oh yes, yes, yes," oh, uh, and his little. French accent, which is awesome. I, I really like Carl, even though I didn't, he didn't probably dig me too much because I wasn't gay. But, um, so he's like, oh yeah, so Friday, this this weekend from Friday to Sunday, Pamela Anderson stayed here. Damn. <laughs> so the next question out of my, we're standing in the middle of this, the, he's saying we can each pick a place. 
And he's saying this, and I said, well, uh, what, what mansion did, uh, did she happen to stay in? And he was like, oh, he stayed in this one. It was like the second biggest one. And I'm like, oh, cool. Which bed did she sleep in? <laughs> he's like, that one right there. And I'm like, I called dibs on that one. They <laughs> changed the sheets. <laughs> uh, dude, it was, it was just this, it was crazy. I can't even explain yeah. these beds. Like they're beyond our beds. This is what do a, you mean? Is it like a so this bed is beyond a, a king size? This, this is a king size bed, but it is covered in plush white pillows. Covered in okay. plush white pillows. You had to move the pillows, and yeah, they they did it up for me. Yeah. The next night, the next night, I slept in a bed that was a king size bed. It without any any uh, any blankets. Yeah. It was a leather bed. Leather bed? The bed was leather. Is that comfortable? It was comfortable. Yeah. Hmm. And so I stayed in this place for three days. Outside my door was the largest personally owned swimming pool in Europe. So bigger than Olympic size, I'm guessing. Yeah. It was an Olympic size. It was a little larger than an Olympic size pool. It was all stone floored. It had speaker systems all over it. And I'm like, what do you mean speaker systems? I, so that first night, I'm I'm sitting in my thing. I've got three other model dudes that were cool, you know. Yeah. And I've got 13 grams of killer killer bud plus another like maybe nine grams of killer hash. Yeah. And I'm just rolling up these huge huge bobs, you know. We're talking <laughs> we're talking eight inch bobs. Are these all guys that came with you, or you yeah, they were on the plane? Yeah. And I'm just blowing down. He has 37 people who live on site. Butlers, maids, 37. Damn. Not to mention people that don't live on site. So they're hanging out so too. So these butlers and maids are like walking through, like making the beds and stuff. Yeah. And, and I am literally like stopping and asking me questions. And I've got this big hooter. I'm just like. Yeah. Papa, Craig just tailed on you anyway. What did she tell on me? Okay, well, if you give me just a minute, we'll get back to it, okay? Um, so, yeah, so this happened, and, and I did my little shoot. And the reason I say I got paid 17000 for 30 minutes was the shoot literally took 30 minutes long. Like, I got in there, and he, like, click, 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 change your clothes. I changed the clothes. Click, 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 change yeah. the clothes again. <laughs> 30 minutes later, he's like, we're done. How long were you there? Three days. Three days. <laughs> yeah. And um, so I, I get back to Paris, and I'm back to homeless. Yeah. Like, how I could go from that to homeless. Yeah. And uh, another time I went with Carl, same place, Barretts. He put me in this hotel called Hotel de Palais. Hotel yeah. de Palais. At any rate, it was one of... Um, what's the French dictator that got his head chopped off? Ooh, I don't know. The French king. The most... Napoleon? I think Napoleon, Napoleon right? Napoleon, okay. Yeah, so Napoleon. It was Napoleon's um, spring mansion or castle. And it was turned into a hotel and it <laughs> sat on this cliff. It was just huge castle. I'm yeah. looking out my, my windows, like this huge, like 16 foot tall windows that you'd open up, just ginormous. <laughs> and you're looking down over this cliff of this cove, yeah. like beach. That's and there's crazy. this huge rock in the middle and these huge waves and it was like stormy. It was just really cool. <laughs> and, and then was, you go back like, don't. When you're homeless in Paris, where, where are you staying? Everywhere. Oh, my favorite place? I stayed all over, but my favorite place was I would go to see my girlfriend, which she lived in Versailles. Is this a different girlfriend or the one? Same one. 
but she like never told her parents that she was with me. Wait, so she kicked you out or something, and then basically she. But then she was still seeing you. Yeah, she just, like, she just said I can't here. stay there. Gotcha. So at a certain time of night, she'd be like, well, you got to go. And I'd be like, okay. And I didn't tell her much. I didn't care. Yeah. Well, at that time, I'm, I'm poor. I didn't have a lot of money. And I'm sitting at this. So she didn't know that you were just like going off. and No, but I'd, I'd already figured out that I could get into this. I could get into the, Vers the Versailles Castle Gardens through a back entrance way. Really? Yeah, but I, I didn't have any money and I didn't have any food. So it wasn't, I mean, it was cool. Like I'm living in the, I'm living in the Castle Gardens. Hey, guys. You guys gotta go in if you're gonna make noise. Yeah. So you're in the gardens? I'm, I'm able to get into the Versailles Castle Gardens, which is basically this enormous castle that Napoleon built, and everyone got pissed that he built this luxurious castle. And basically, everyone got mad at him and they chopped his head off. It was literally the reason they cut the head off. Because of the he king went king. into this castle? Because he built this lavish castle while they're yeah. all living in shit. And they're like, fuck this guy. rubbing it in their faces. So, so, they, so they revolted, and that's literally the French Revolution. They went and cut their heads off. Damn. King and queen. <laughs> and here I am standing in the castle. I'm standing, How are you getting in there? Uh, like, there's a back entrance. Okay. And I'm staying in Mary Antoinette's house, mansion in the gar gardens. Is it just empty? Normally? It's empty. It's empty. There's nothing in there, actually. Not even furniture. It's not a museum. It's no. Not it's just like this farmhouse. Farmhouse. But it's like... Zero security, this obviously. big badass. Nothing. Nothing. How long were you staying there for? I stayed there for almost three years. Three years? Whenever I wanted. Like pretty... Yeah. Pretty consistently. Guys, no talking. Uh, I guess, like, yeah, if you found a way in there. Yeah, like, found an easy way. No. But I don't have any money still. Kind of... And when I say hungry, I mean, I'm eating biscuits and stuff. Like, yeah. horrible. I'm spending all my money on herb, so I don't have any extra. But you're making 250 a week, no matter what. But it's a long story. Basically, I'm buying this weed, and my girlfriend's smoking most of it, and I, I'm blowing my money, basically. Yeah, yeah. And no. she doesn't know that you're staying in these Not gardens. Not really. Like, I'm telling way. her, but she doesn't get it. I don't think she ever comprehended how awesome of a yeah. life I'm living. But I'm sitting at this one night. She kind of kicks me out. Here I am sitting at this mall across the street from her. And I watch, I'm sitting at a Paul's Pastry, which is the largest pastry chain in Europe, in France. Yeah. And I watch the guy take all the food and put it in a box and start taking it away. And I'm like, what the world? I mean, we're talking hundreds of dollars for the food. So I follow him and he literally takes this box and sets it in a dumpster and walks inside. I went and picked up the box. I've got hundreds of dollars worth of food. Cakes that were $80, $150 a piece. Yeah. And I go, I take it, I'm like, oh my gosh. And, <laughs> and I smoke this big, huge Bob Marley blunt. Yeah. And I'm eating these cakes with my fingers. Like, oh my gosh, this is so amazing. <laughs> and I did this for probably another two years, a year, maybe a year and a half. That happened every night? Every night they brought these. Damn. And then I would take the leftovers, bring it into town, and like feed all these homeless. And they thought I was rich. Yeah. <laughs> like, no, I'm not rich. Well, in a way you were. But, but I, I'd <laughs> try to explain it to them. And yeah, living rich as could be. Like, yeah. Couldn't ask for more. And um, it was just really cool. And I did that until I basically left Paris. But during my time in Paris, I was also not just in Paris. I was in Paris. I was in Japan. I was in New Zealand. I was all in, for shoots shoots or to work like like the same thing i'm doing in paris yeah like so they'd send me to italy yeah. for two months and i wouldn't just do shoot it would be i'm there working so you're doing a shoot but you're also taking this book around trying to get shoots 
So like, you've got to go here and show them your book, and you've got to go here and show them your book, and you've got to go here and show them your book. And so your days would be filled with basically just walking around these awesome cities, whether it be yeah. London, whether it be, you know, okay. a city in Italy, whether it be whatever. Yeah, and, so uh, you're kind of trying to drum up work for yourself. I would think that they would be trying to, like the whole point of them being there would be to get the, the work for you. Kind of. but you're, they're giving you the jobs, but the job is to go and try to get the job. They're giving yeah. you the the, the spot yeah. to go. Okay. They know where to go, who to send you to. Yeah. They know the job. Yeah. So when they would send you to Italy, would you have a place to stay there? Or they put you up in a hotel or something? Or? Yeah, they'd always have me a place to stay or whatever. Oh, when I stayed in Italy, yeah. cool story. I, this girl who basically ran like the housing for this modeling agency, I, I meet her and she's going to put me in this place and it just happened to be that she's like, all oh, the beds are full. I don't know what I did. I like, overbooked. So whatever. Fuck it. You can just stay with me. So I end up what? staying with this, this chick, right? Yeah. Who's like in her 20s. Pretty cool girl, but not like... Just at her apartment? Yeah, just at her apartment, which is just kind of this smallish apartment. I didn't think anything of it, you know? I'm like, whatever. Yeah normal chick and i stayed there for about two weeks so like on the second day she's like well somebody somewhere opened up you can go stay or you can stay with me you you're really chill and cool i i actually kind of enjoyed your company you're hmm. welcome to stay with me okay i'm enjoying myself there yeah it's kind of a nice break to get away from the models because they're just kind of all this it's very weird yeah yeah i'm sure and I'm just nice break normal ass italian chick basically yeah and that night she's like hey and there was this other model staying there that she was cool with. And I'm, she's like, hey, I'm going to a, I've got to go to a concert. And I was wondering if you guys would want to go to a concert. And I'm like, I'll go to a concert. Who is it? And she's like, oh, I'm going to The Cure. <laughs> oh, damn. And I'm like, oh, well, that's cool. You know, whatever. Yeah. And I'm thinking I'm going to this little concert. Nobody would go. I'm trying to get different models to go. Like, Come on, let's go. And no, everybody's like, whatever, I don't want to go. And I'm like, dude, let's go. Nobody will go. So I end up getting in this taxi Weird. with her, right? And we're pulling up. And it's like this Coca-Cola-sponsored huge concert. Like, we get there, and it's in this park. And we're talking 50, you know, maybe maybe 75,000 people, maybe more. I don't know. It was just ginormous yeah. concert in the park, right? Freaking awesome. Oh, I'm excited. And we get there, and right as we're pulling up, she goes, so you can do whatever you want. Like, I've got these passes, and she gives me this pass, and it's like VIP press pass. And she's what? like, you can do whatever you want. You can go up front. You can sit anywhere you want. You can go anywhere you want. But I'm going to have to go backstage, and I'm going to have to interview Robbie. So I'm like, a, I'm like an MTV VJ for, for Italy. And it's what I do for a job. But whatever. You can stay with me or you can't. It's whatever. And I'm just like, I'm go holy yeah. shit. I'm living with an MTV VJ? Like, this <laughs> yeah. is awesome. It's something fun. And I stuck oh. with her. And I'm standing, like, from me to you, from Robbie, from The Cure, the singer yeah. dude, you know? I'm While just she like, interviews him. And or? she's interviewing him. I'm yeah. out of sight, but I'm just like, yeah, oh, bro, <laughs> what's going on? Nice. This is totally cool little moment that happened, you know? Yeah. For just going with the flow, which is how it always happens. If you yeah. go with the flow, you get far in life, and and so that was Italy, and then I went all over, just kind of modeling and going with the flow and doing yeah. whatever. And uh, that was two months. And Italy? that was I was I was there for about two months. Yeah. Did two months there, three months in London, a month in New Zealand, um, two different separate times in Japan for once for a week, once for about two weeks. Just different stuff. 
for three and a half years and then finally stopped doing it and kind of moved to New York on my own incognizance and like it just sort of fizzled out or you I just kind of said screw it yeah yeah it wasn't making me much more money and I just decided a friend that I met Malin yeah moved there I met a girl we kind of we moved to Puerto Rico and we did a few things and um we were kind of traveling here and there and doing some weird stuff we were in Puerto Rico and she came from a really well-off family and uh and they were really strange very well I mean not very well off they weren't like these people I'd just been living with but uh they were weird they didn't like me much <laughs> and <No. laughs> and we ended up living in this like this camp it's like rebel camp basically you and they were just me and her and, and there was some other people this rebel camp was set up by a guy named tito kayak kayak or some shit some puerto rican rebel dude yeah. and we were standing up against uh the marriott hotel that was trying to take over this beach and make it private and it's a private it's a personal you know it's a local beach well, so you're like digging in like chained to the tree but they're like situation. yeah we're like camping in their spot basically yeah yeah and um and i was having a conversation with tito who was against america and I was basically trying to explain to this dude, you're not against America. Even this protest proves that you're not against America. You're against Marriott. You're against corporation. Yeah. I don't even know if Marriott's owned by an American dude. It might be owned by some Chinese company. Who knows who it's owned by? Who cares? The, po the point is, you're not against America. You're against corporations. And anytime you hear some rebel or whatever, some nationalist yeah. saying they're against America, they're not against America. They're yeah. against corporatization. Yeah, it's just a and way They're to blaming America for, co for, for, for the corporations of the world. It's really ridiculous. But I was trying to explain yeah. that to him, and he got really mad at me. Yeah. But, um... Later on, like that week, we were, we were, uh, we were, we were still at the camp, and and <laughs> somebody somebody left train. Yeah. Um, but later on that that week, like some of the people that were at the camp that weren't necessarily part of Tito's thing, they were just kind of there supporting the idea of it. Yeah. They we're like sitting around a campfire and they started talking about like Uzis and machine guns and like, like breaking them out and like they were gonna make a stand at the airport and all oh, this shit. and like, like I'm like yeah yeah that's cool you know? and then <laughs> yeah. we got to our tent that night and kind of like looked each other with big <laughs> right. eyes and we're like we're leaving tomorrow yeah maybe this is the end <laughs> and they go through with it we don't know we oh, left shit. tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. Did you, like, say, peace, peace. we're leaving? Yeah, or? we did. We're going to the rainforest, guys. <laughs> and that's what we did. We moved yeah. to the rainforest for, like, a couple weeks before we left Puerto Rico. And just camping out, hiking, yeah. camping out peaceful. Camping out all over Puerto Rico, yeah. <laughs> Super nice. And, um, and then we left Puerto Rico. We went to America. We, we went to California. We bought a camper there. And we lived in the camper for about five months. Yeah. And um, whereabouts in California? Just up and down, Ventura. Um, I don't know, all over. I can't yeah. really. Up and down the the bottom, from San Diego to I don't know. <laughs> like north of San Francisco? No, we didn't go up to San Francisco at that time. Yeah. And uh, 
hmm, I don't know. We just kind of went around, and then she decided she wanted to go back to New York, and I decided that I was kind of over the relationship and was kind of basically going to take her to New York and drop her off. I think she knows that. Yeah. But, um... In the camper? Yeah. You just cross-countryed it? Yeah, but we didn't have any money. We hadn't done anything. But she had some, like, beads, some, like, natural stones. Yeah. Was she selling them or... She wanted to make, like, necklaces. Yeah. And I had uh, some some string. Some uh, string that you make dream catchers out of. Yeah. And... And uh, we left with basically this string, and about five miles out of the town. So we left, and about five miles out of town, I saw a, I'm not sure if it was a wild turkey or an eagle that had been hit by some car. It's it on was the in side like, of the road. On the side of the road, it was like in five pieces. And I pulled over. She's like, "What are you doing?" I'm like, "Oh my god, we just you don't even know what we just found." Yeah. And they were just awesome, huge feathers. I grabbed the tail end and like, yeah. t- like the wing swirls. I mean, it was in pieces, and I just grabbed these huge pieces. Yeah. And strapped them. They had they had, they had like bird lice on them, like <laughs> tons. Like I had a guy pick me up in Northern California, and there were owls everywhere. And he's just like, might have been an, it might have been an owl. And he's like, hey, you got room for an owl? <laughs> I was like, nah. <laughs> I'm, I'm super good. illegal <laughs> to yeah. have any of that, <laughs> yeah. but. I strapped it to the back of my camper, wide open. <laughs> like any cop that could have seen me could have seen this, these wings I shouldn't have. Had. Yeah. And um, I started making these dream catchers with the string I had, and I used barbed wire, like junk barbed wire I found. Yeah. You can find these rusted up, kind of spin-offs from fences where they didn't use it, and it's just trash sitting there. Yeah. And I took a bunch of that, and I made these dream catchers out of free barbed wire and the string I paid 10 bucks for and these feathers and some natural stones and I made about $1,500 over the next seven days Damn. traveling yeah <laughs> just selling it Easy anywhere money. yeah gas stations I'd go inside and ask if I could really yeah some would say yes most would say yes and then within an hour or two somebody else would be like what the hell are you letting these people do it and they'd kick me off but yeah. I'd already made two three hundred bucks wow that's crazy. Someone come to a gas station and just be like, yeah, I'll impulse buy some feathery Barbie. They were out. really like, cool, but yeah, 15, 25 bucks a piece. Yeah. Doesn't take very many sales to hmm. come up with 200 bucks. Yeah. And so, uh, so you got all the way across the country that way. I did. And we stayed actually in three days in Kansas City partying up too. So yeah. you take seven days minus three. We basically made it in four days. Yeah. Did you see your uh, friend there too, Kansas City? Um, no, Elijah. Or? Elijah had already gone to jail. Uh, at that point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, Elijah Page. Yeah. First, youngest person to die on death row. <laughs> Damn. Yeah. That's yeah. a whole other story in itself. Can of worms. Not exactly a happy-go-lucky story. Yeah. I tell it often. It usually ends all the smiles. <laughs> it's like this. <laughs> Downy story, but whatever. We'll say that we should do another podcast at some point too. But um, but you got to New York and got to New York. Was gonna drop her off, and she was pregnant. So, <laughs> needless to say, we stayed together for a little while longer. Yeah, <laughs> more continues. <laughs> One thing on that note, let's uh, let's save the rest of the story for another podcast. <laughs> <laughs> gotcha. Okay.
All right. Uh, that was fun. Uh, yeah, we'll definitely record another one. Here's some more stories. And uh, I, yeah, I kind of like this. Is, like I said, this is the longest podcast I've done, but maybe not even long enough. So we'll see. This It's still evolving. I think this is episode 24 of the Freestyle Travel Show. We're coming on our our quarter quarter century mark. It's going to be pretty sweet. Yeah, I'm excited for you know a lot. I feel like every time I do one of these episodes, I got something to say I'm excited for. So yeah, we'll do another one of those. And yeah, probably the next episode will be maybe a, a bivy pack freestyle travel gear exclusive kind of episode where I'll just talk about that because this Kickstarter we're going to launch is pretty imminent. Uh, very soon we got most of or not most of maybe half of the footage done today for the kickstarter and yeah the process for the kickstarter is you know it's gotta write up something pretty good i gotta yeah i'll get into i keep saying yeah i'll get into this the next episode but i want to talk about it now so talk about a little bit now yeah we're thinking about getting some laser cutting done some other stuff so gotta get some costs together and just make sure I dialed in. The last Kickstarter is just, man, there's a, there's a few surprises in there <laughs> with shipping and some other stuff kind of got caught off guard. Uh, so dialing some of that in. And yeah, just once we get the video up, it takes, it takes a second for a Kickstarter to approve it and then we post it. But I'm really hoping to get it done by next week so it's up and running. And probably right along with that, I'll have an episode here just uh, talking about that, really diving in. So I'm excited for that. Uh, And yeah, I hope you're excited too. This baby pack's just staring at me. Freaking love it. Uh, Yeah, so as much as I'm like the whole last episode was about bases and breaks and staying in one place for a little while. And I've been here for two, three weeks more. I'm losing track of time. It's not a good thing, but uh, it is a good thing when I'm getting something like this done. It feels pretty good. Uh, Like every stitch I make with this bivy pack is like, okay, well, I'm going to be in Patagonia. It's going to be downpouring. I'm going to be inside this thing, just cocooned, warm and nice, feeling good. Like, yeah, feeling warm. That's the word for it. Just feeling good, knowing that uh, this time I put in is... uh, paying off pretty good and it's gonna be people around the world too feeling the same thing in these backpacks oh it's pretty cool every everything every decision i make with this i know is going to affect uh, several other people who are going to be getting it too so pretty awesome pretty awesome i'll dive into it but uh let's just let's just wrap it up so hope you enjoyed this episode meeting christian we'll definitely have him on again while i'm here off and on so cheers good times and i will see you down the road with all my shit straight i'll get my big brain